Billy Moore got involved in crime as a young man. He'd smoke dope, he'd get drunk, he'd break into pubs, he'd steal. One night he broke into a house, ended up shooting a 77-year-old man, stole $5,600. But it wasn't long, the police caught up with him. He was charged with murder and he was facing the electric chair. Well, Billy's mom was a Christian and she got a Christian couple to visit Billy in jail. And they said to Billy, Jesus is willing to give you a new chance at life. Billy said, you have got to be kidding. I've murdered, I'm facing the electric chair, my life is over. There are no new beginnings for me. The couple said, you don't understand, Billy. Jesus loves you so much. He actually wants to adopt you as his son. He wants to lift the burden of guilt off your shoulders. This guy's murdered. Electric chair. And he loves you so much, he wants to find a way to make your life count. Billy said later on, nobody ever told me Jesus loved me and died for me. The next 16 years, Billy was a model prisoner, led Bible studies, and many prisoners came to know Jesus. He was scheduled to die on August the 22nd, 1990, and his lawyers and others would contact him to console him, but he would end up consoling them. Billy would say, you guys okay? I know this is difficult for you. Can I pray for you? This is Billy. Born again Billy, facing the electric chair, offering to pray for those who are worried about his future. August 21, the front page of the New York Times reported something unprecedented. The Georgia Pardon and Parole Board did something never done before in the history of America. A confessed killer on death row was set free. And Billy Moore became, and I understand still is, an ordained minister and preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your life is more about your future than your past. Billy Moore had a terrible, terrible past, but God had a great future for him, and he has the same for you. Genesis, uh, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, a familiar passage of verse, worth repeating this morning. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. This is you, not the person beside you. God's thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you have had bad pasts and major struggles continue because of the terrible actions of others, maybe sometimes even of your own actions. But your future doesn't have to be a response to your past or to what others have done to you. Don't let them mess up your future. Your past may have been a shocker, disaster, unbelievable and unbearable, but you have a great future. 
Your work past may have been worse than most other people. But your future with God can be better than most other people. God is more powerful than your history. God is more powerful than anything that's been done to you. God is more powerful than your past. And He can transform it into an amazing future that will leave you astounded. I want to encourage you to tell the devil on a daily basis, devil, you made a big mistake when you messed with me. God and I together are going to make you pay. We're going to serve God with passion. We're going to worship Him every day of our lives. I'm going to tell more people about Jesus than you could ever believe. Satan, you will regret that you messed around with my past because my future is going to make you pay. You will regret. You will regret, I promise you, for messing with my life. That's my determination. Jeremiah 18 verse 4 says, The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Is that you? Not marred just in your upbringing, but marred today. Marred in the last five years. The vessel he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. He can make you again. This is the creator of the universe we're talking about. You can't alter your past, but you can put it on the altar. Give it to God and watch what he will do. He will leave you astounded. See, God has a foreordained plan and will for your life, regardless of your past. And Romans 9.19 says, who is able to resist his will? The devil can try and derail God's will for your life. But if God be for you, who can be against you? No weapon formed against you will prosper. God will turn that weapon around and fire it straight back at the devil and rip his heart to shreds and crush his head under your feet and under his feet. Your life is more about your future than your past. And God loves you no matter what. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. It doesn't matter what you will do. God will always love you. He loves you when you're depressed. He loves you when you're angry all the time. He loves you when you're suicidal. He loves you whether you're gay, straight, or confused. There's nothing you could ever do to stop God loving you. Stop the voice and silent the voice of shame in your life because God loves you completely regardless of your past although this is no license to sin. And God forgives you. 
He gives you a pass. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the blood of the Lamb. He forgives your past. It's under the blood. And guess what? You will mess up. You will still mess up. You will make mistakes. But what I love about the God that I serve is that with God, there's room for mistakes. There's room for messing up. There's room for getting it wrong. One John one nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins. Your life is more about your future than your past. I've made mistakes, lots of them, some big ones. At times when I've messed up, God has blessed me more and trust me with greater responsibility. And I've gone back to God and I've said, God, what's the deal here? I don't understand. I just messed up. And you're now giving me another open door and greater responsibility. God, this makes no sense to me. It's almost like God whispers back to me and says, Tuck, I just can't stop loving you. I just can't stop blessing your life. A lot of people would have given up on me. You might find that hard to believe, but it's true. A lot of people would have given up on me, even as a minister of the gospel. But God didn't give up on me. And he will never, ever, ever give up on you. He just loves you too much. I think there's a slide that's going to come up which says, don't let anyone ever tell you you're not good enough. God doesn't make junk or failures. The future God has for you will dwarf your past into insignificance. That's the power of the gospel. On a lighter note, we've all been abused in our past, haven't we? I remember walking down Dominion Road one day, and I was walking past this driveway, and this car comes comes out, and I'm sort of, I guess, in their opinion, out of, in the way, and the guy yells out, get out of the way, you curry muncher. <laughs> I thought it was a compliment. <laughs> Recently, we've been traveling overseas, and a hostess with an Irish accent kept referring to Adrian as Mrs. Banana. Was it three times? Twice? Twice she said, Mrs. Banana. I mean, does she know the English language? Does she, could she have not checked the, uh, the name tag or something? That abuse is not going to define my future. Although I am a curry muncher and will continue to be. Good Girl Gone Bad is the title of a song by Rihanna. It's a story of many women's lives as they go from good little girls to troubled teens to young women living in abusive relationships, addictions, drugs, even crime. A couple of lines from Rihanna's chorus say, easy for a good girl to go bad 
And once we're gone, we've gone forever. What a tragic line that is. What a tragic line that is. Because it's simply not true. Many praying parents and grandparents will tell you they can become good again. Because there's good in every person on the planet. That person you see is no hope. Just water those seeds. There's good in them. The day will come will bear fruit. Never give up. Never give up. Never ever give up on the prodigals. Because it also applies to little boys like Billy. Because God can change anyone. You've probably heard the story of Heather was a bad girl, could earn $2,000 a night as a stripper, not exactly a prime candidate to be a pastor. One day she went to a church for prodigals and strippers. She was welcomed. So welcomed, she ended up radically saved. She ditched her $2,000 a night strip shows, and after a while she joined the church staff. Obviously took a massive pay cut. (laughs) We don't pay $2,000 a night, sorry. Example of bad girl gone good. You see, her past just could not rob her of the future God had for her. Isn't this good news, church? Isn't this great news? Isn't this the best news you could ever hear? Isn't it the news the world needs to hear? Because there's a lot of messed up lives. People gone bad. But it's not over. Let's go to Joshua chapter 2. Verse 1, now Joshua the son of Nun went out, sent out two spies from Acacia Gove to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot, a prostitute named Rahab, and lodged there. And was told the king of Jericho, saying, behold, the men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, bring out the men who have come to you who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. But we know the story, Rahab protects the spies and ends up being saved. She was a prostitute. She was a bad girl, a very bad girl. And yet, this is what I find hard to believe. Incredibly, we find her named in the family tree and the genealogy of Jesus and listed among the heroes of faith. Put your head around that. Wrap your mind around that. You can't. Well, I you can, I guess, if you start to understand it all. See, God can turn any life around no matter how bad. And you know, we all have some regrets about the past. There's not a person sitting here today that doesn't have some regrets. I replay things in my mind to this day, things decades old. There's regrets, there's past, there's history that if we're not careful can rob us of faith and hope and future because we think we just don't deserve it. Well, the reality is you don't deserve it, and I don't deserve it, but God's never dealt with us on the basis of what we deserve. He deals with us on the basis of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin and gives us a future and a hope 
none of us deserve the blessing of God. From the time of Josephus. It's a pretty moving message, isn't it? Mm. Well, it's moving me, so I don't know. From the time of Joseph, a well-known first century Jewish historian, right up to the present, Jewish and Christian writers have tried to prove that Rahab was not really a prostitute. They try and make out she was an innkeeper or a respectable woman with a respectable business. They can't handle Rahab's past in the genealogy of Jesus. But God is not afraid of anyone's bad past. God doesn't try and cover up anyone's past because the blood of Jesus has covered it. Let's make it clear, Rahab was a prostitute, full stop. Matthew 1, 3, 5, and 6, Judah, let's see it right here. The father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Salmon, the brother, father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of King David. David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Then we finally get down to Jesus in verse 16. Have a bit of a look at that list, folks. Look at the woman in the genealogy of Jesus. Tamar and Rahab were prostitutes. Bathsheba committed adultery. And all these women had a past, but God had a future for them. And he also has a wonderful future for you. Your life is more about your future than your past. Let's be careful how we judge others because all of us have a bad past. From the most wicked criminal Serial sex abuser, rapist, drug dealer, alcoholic, to the best behaved person on the planet, which might just be you. (laughs) But it's not. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know the truth is there's not a hang of a lot of difference between you and one of these people that I've named a prostitute or a drug dealer. All have sinned. Jesus had to go to the cross for your sins as much as for their sins. There would have been people who looked down on Rahab there in Jericho and despised her. But God looked down and he saw a hero of faith. Hebrews 11.31, by faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. She became one of the heroes of faith. Rahab had a past, but by faith she moved into the future God had for her. And you know the incredible thing is Rahab lives on today. 
You Google Rahab Ministries, you're going to see page after page of organizations all over the world involving and rescuing women, restoring them, children caught up in sex trafficking, slavery, prostitution, violence, all that kind of stuff. Phenomenal ministry, Rahab Ministries, and it all started (laughs) with this prostitute. The disastrous past, but with a future that lives on thousands of years later. God can take any past and make a fantastic future. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Paul picks up the same thought. And he says, Not that I've already attained or already made perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. So Paul's wanting to grab a hold of his future. Verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Everyone say, one thing I do. Forgetting. Forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Excuse me. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. A key to embracing the great future that you have, that God has for you. Tell the person next to you, God has a great future for you. You know, some people have never heard that in their whole lives. But you've heard it today. It doesn't matter whether you're 13 or 103. God has a great future for you. Maybe you're almost in heaven. Well, that's a great future. But a key to embracing the future is you've got to leave the past behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. See, Joseph had a horrific past in the scriptures, in Genesis. Hated by his brothers, mocked. Lost his mother when he's young. Brothers wanted to kill him. Sold as a slave into Egypt. You know the story. Falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Unfairly prisoned for a number of years. You've got to ask the question, who could possibly survive that kind of hurt, pain, and betrayal? If anyone had a right to be bitter and angry and hate authority and think they had no future, surely Joseph. Yet he emerges as one of the greatest men in all of Scripture. Amazing. His horrific past was not able and could not cripple him or rob him of the great future God had for him. The only power your past has over you is the power that you give it. And we're encouraging you today, don't give it any more power. Bury it in the blood of Jesus Christ and under the cross of Calvary. What past do you need to leave behind? How it used to be? Hurts? Abuses? A bad church experience? An offense? A tragedy? A failure? A massive rejection? What do you need to leave behind? Because you can today. A young man went to Bible college in London. Prior to ordination, he had to preach. He was tense and nervous, especially when he saw his beautiful fiancé sitting in the audience. He then lost his train of thought, failed, and was not approved for ministry. Because of his failure, his fiancée broke off the engagement. And this is not in the story, but I say good riddance. (laughs) She wanted to marry him for his preacher. She was making a big mistake. His dreams were shattered. He battled years of depression. He kept looking back, and all he could see was failure, rejection, disgrace, chained to the past. He just couldn't come free. 
One day, God gave him a verse of scripture that totally changed his life. And do you know that one verse can change your life forever? Get lost in the book and find the answers. Get lost in the book and get a word from heaven that will change your life for eternity. Get lost in the book and find a verse that will set you free of your past and move you into the incredible future God has for you. The verse God gave him, we know it so well, but it came direct from the throne of God. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, your past, your present, everything works for good. He let go his past at that moment. He grabbed his future. And Campbell Morgan wrote 60 books, several commentaries, and became a world-renowned preacher. His past could not stop the great future that God had planned for his life. There's a slide coming up for you. Only Jesus can turn the bad into good. I think it's coming up. Maybe it's not. I can never remember what I've given them. But here it is. Let me tell you anyway. Only Jesus can turn the bad into good. He can turn a mess. There it is. He can turn a mess that might be you into a message that helps change people's lives. A test into a testimony. Only Jesus can make a trial into a triumph. A victim into a victor. Only Jesus. You can't alter your past but you can put it on the altar and give it over to Jesus and let him leave you astounded. Do you know I've only been preaching 19 minutes? I can't believe it. Wow, so good. Just finish off by saying how God helped Joseph deal with the past. Gave him two sons. Find it in Genesis 41, 51. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. We'll stop there. Manasseh means God made me forget my troubles. See, God did a work in Joseph's life and he can do a work in your life too that helps you. I don't know whether forget's the right word but it helps you deal with the past and not be chained to it. See, God's grace is sufficient for you not to be crippled by your past and move into the great future God has for your life. Then he gave him a second son named Ephraim and said in Genesis 41, 52, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God can make us very fruitful in the very place that we have suffered. You know, Rahab ministries, a lot of the people who are involved in Rahab ministries are those who probably suffered something like Rahab, abuse or a bad past. And it's those very area of their suffering they are now incredibly fruitful. Who's the best person to help a drug addict, an ex-drug addict? Who's the best person to help an alcoholic, an ex-alcoholic? Who's the best person to help someone with an abusive past, someone who's had an abusive past? And God can make you fruitful. It doesn't have to be in that area, but he can make you very fruitful in the very land of your suffering. 
And as God blesses you with great fruitfulness, it will cause you to forget the pain or deal with the pain of the past. Just remember this. Manasseh came before Abraham. Sorry, before Ephraim. Manasseh came before Ephraim. In other words, leaving the past behind came before the great fruitfulness. Someone said, no fruitfulness without forgetfulness. Your life is more about your future than your past. As a team, join me. God has a great future planned for you. Silence the voice of shame. Once and for all, close the door on your past and enter into the blessed future God has planned for you. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. If God be for you, you can overcome any past and enjoy a wonderful future through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is such a wonderful, wonderful God that we serve. Your past, your future, your life is more about your future than your past. Amen.